Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 267 of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you very much for being here with me today. Before we get started, if you have not, head over to pokercoaching.com premium. There you will find my cash game masterclass where I go through 29 in-depth lessons that you must understand if you want to succeed at cash games. And we're gonna be discussing one of those today. So let's get right to it. We have we're playing a 1-3 game at Stone's Gambling Hall. Apparently, this was supposed to be a 2-5 game, but people showed up, and um, they only had five players for 2-5, and people say, oh, I don't want to play five-handed for 2-5. And I think that's a little bit nitty. I think a lot of people need to get over the idea of I'm afraid to play short-handed, because really, not much changes besides just pretend the first few people folded. And what often ends up happening is if you start a bigger game, people will come and play your bigger game with you who normally are not wanting to necessarily play that bigger game. They may be taking a shot at it. They may not be properly bankrolled. They may be just gambling and hoping to get lucky. Whatever it is, you want that game running and you get that game running by playing. So don't be a nit. Anyway, normally Stone's Gambling Hall is not known for nitty players, but apparently they are today. So we have an under the gun raise to five big blinds from Don Key um, with ace-queen offsuit, which is perfectly fine. Folds around to the button, Isaac with queen 10 suited, who calls a queen, well, calls a queen 10 suited. That's certainly a fine hand that should be called in this scenario most of the time. If you think donkey is particular, particularly tight, then you could certainly consider just folding. But notice they are playing $444 deep at 1-3. So even against a relatively big five big blind raise, it's probably fine to defend in position. The big suited cards like queen 10 suited, king 10 suited, queen jack suited, jack nine suited, 10-8 suited. These hands do pretty well in position when you're playing very, very deep stacked, especially if you think your opponent's on the tighter side, because then you can very clearly narrow their range. They're going to have a bit more of a difficult time narrowing your range. So I, I like calling with queen 10 of spades. Small blind folds 8-6 suited, which is worth mentioning. Again, um, from even in position facing a five big blind raise, that hand should be folded. I think a lot of people get well out of line with their preflop requirements. You all have been watching some of these more recent cash game episodes from Stone's Gambling Hall, and a lot of the players play way, way, way too loose. You can get the completely free preflop range charts over at pokercoaching.com charts, if you've not gotten those already. And, you know, while there certainly are limitations to charts, having a decent idea of how to play fundamentally sound will put you way ahead of a lot of your opponents. And many of the players at Stone's Gambling Hall would, would do well to play just a little bit tighter. Like, you know, folding the 8-6 suited. So far, I actually like all of the play preflop. Besides, I would have raised a little bit smaller with the ace-queen. When you make it five big blinds, what happens is people start folding a lot. You don't really want them folding a lot. So anyway, now back around to a philosopher here and the big blind with pocket kings. So how much should pocket kings make it? I think in this scenario, if you make it something like 60, that's going to be a pretty good re-raise size. You may even want to go a little bit bigger, given you're playing um, $756 deep against Donkey, who's most likely going to continue because he raised under the gun. So I think something like 60 or 70 would be pretty nice. So let's see what he does. Definitely don't call. You don't need to slow play in this spot. You want to make the pot big. And it looks like he makes it... 45, which is a little bit small, because if you think about what you just set up, now both players are going to be in position against you, and you're giving them great odds. So you're trying to say they really cannot put in 30 more dollars in position into a pot that's going to be 100 or more, 
and you think they're not going to be able to profit in that spot. And I can guarantee you they will. While their hands will not necessarily have 30% equity, they're going to be in position, which is going to allow them to realize their equity very well with whatever hands they have. So that's why you want to make it bigger, because as you make it bigger, that forces them to realize more and more and more equity, and they're going to have a tough time doing that. So I definitely do not like this 45 re-raise size. You should be making it bigger. Um, from out of position, you want to make it a little bit larger, usually like one unit larger. So let's say you wanted to re-raise to, let's say, $45 over one pre-flop raise. Maybe you'd make it 60 from out of position. A unit there would be 15 in this scenario with a $15 raise. If we were in position, I would probably make it $60 here, which is about a pot size raise. From out of position, you want to make it a little bit more, like $75 or $70. So anyway, now on to donkey, has to put in $30 more. And even if you know Philosopher is tight in this scenario, you should still call purely because you're in position and you're deep stacked and you're getting great odds. So you pretty much must continue in this scenario. But donkey just folds! Remember, at Stone's Gambling Hall, they like to gamble. But apparently Donkey does not. Donkey had no desire to play ace-queen. And that is a snug fold. When you see people playing that tightly, either they're playing way too big, they maybe have some sick read, they think their opponent just has the nuts every time. But even then, the problem with ace-queen is if your opponent has, quote-unquote, the nuts with kings or queens or something like that, you still have plenty of equity in your in position, right? And uh, that's a pretty big mistake to fold there. If you are going to fold that hand, you're probably better off for betting it as a bluff, using it as, essentially as one of your best blocker bluff hands. You could then make it something like 120, and if Philosopher 4-bet, or 5-bets you, then clearly you fold. So Ace-Queen should either be bluffed there or called, depending on what you think of Philosopher's range. And that's just too tight. If you play this tightly, you're going to have a hard time ever well, getting in a pot and playing a big pot. And, you know, I do understand in some 1-3 games, people are super nitty when they 3-bet. And, you know, if they almost never 3-bet, if their range really are aces, kings, queens, and ace-king, then maybe it's okay to fold, but it's hard to know your opponents are absolutely that incredibly tight. A lot of people like to think that they know exactly what their opponents are doing, but I promise you, you do not. They will surprise you, and assuming that they are, like, the weakest, tightest players in the world is usually a mistake, especially when you have an ace and a queen blocker in your hand. So now back around to Isaac. He should call, too, right? He has to put in $40 to win 100 I'm sorry, $30 to win 100. He's in position with Queen 10 of Spades. Yes, he's behind in this scenario, but even here, you see he wins 22% of the time, so it's not like he's crushed. And, like we mentioned, he's in position and deep stack, so that allows him to easily defend. Is he going to play? Could you imagine if we make a weekly poker hand episode where it goes raise, call, 3-bet, fold, fold? Wouldn't be a very good episode. It's pretty much what happens in this hand, though. <laughs> um, all right, so Isaac's going to call. Isaac realizes, all right, pot odds, we're in position, hand flops well, etc., etc. You may say ace-queen has to be very careful. Maybe you should fold it because if you get top pair, you still could be beat by ace-king. Like, sure, but that doesn't happen all that often. And if your opponent wants to put all their money in, you can probably get the hint and get out of the way. So anyway, Isaac calls with queen-10 suited. In this scenario, you have to assume Philosopher has a very big range advantage. So he should be continuation betting small on most flops. This is one of the worst flops for Philosopher. I think... In this scenario, you should be checking with some hands. If you're bluffing with stuff like ace-five suited ever preflop, you should probably be checking it here because if you bet and get called, you're pretty unhappy. Same thing for pocket kings, queens, maybe jacks if you have them, maybe tens if you have them. These are all hands that if you bet and get called, you're pretty unhappy. But if you check, 
and your opponent checks behind, now you just have the best hand a ton. And if you check and they bet, well, you can easily check call with the ace and the, um, with like the ace-x and also with the pocket kings. So I don't really mind a check, especially when we're playing pretty deep. Um, if you are going to bet with your whole range here, you definitely want to be betting small. So here pot is 106. You want to be betting something like 25. And you may say, why bet so small? Well, because either your opponent has you crushed or you crush them. And in that scenario, like think if you bet 100 here. Is your opponent really going to call with pocket fours if you bet 100? Like no, they're just going to fold. But if you bet 25, they may stick around with that pocket fours. And then you're just extracting value. And of course you may say, well, they could outdraw you with the fours. They could, but it's not going to happen all that often. So... In this scenario, you either need to check your bet small. I especially like checking if you have king of hearts because then you can check call flop and sometimes you get a heart on the turn. You're also pretty happy. And notice here, Philosopher uses a very big bet size. We discussed this thoroughly in the Cash Game Masterclass over at pokercoaching.com premium that in this scenario, when you have a big range advantage and a nut advantage, but the board is very uncoordinated as it is here, you want to be betting small. When you bet 80 in this scenario, you can almost assume that Isaac is only going to continue here with an ace, which you are crushed by, and a draw, which you're slightly ahead of, but not by much. And by betting big, Philosopher forces Isaac to play well. And this comes up over and over again when I review small stakes cash game hands. People bet way too large, and what ends up happening is their opponent can't screw up. They simply must fold all the hands that... Uh, pocket kings beats in this scenario and they simply must continue with all hands that beat pocket kings and you make money from poker when people make errors like right here if you bet 25 or 30 and isaac calls a queen ten of spades that's fine i mean you see he has six percent equity you really want the guy with six percent equity to fold no right you want six percent equity in and instead what happens is when you bet and get called now the kings is only going to have 10 or 15 percent equity Maybe more if your opponent has a lot of draws, but even then, like I said, the draws are in great shape. So this is a pretty big mistake for Philosopher, both re-raising small pre-flop, raise too small because you let your opponent stay in for a very cheap price and realize their equity. And then also another mistake was betting so big on the flop. And this is, this is just classic errors that people make on a regular basis. And I hope to see Philosopher fix these holes because if you do not fix these mistakes, you're going to have a hard time moving up because what happens here is every time you're beat, you lose a lot of money. And every time you have your opponent crushed, you only win a little bit. So that's going to be it for today for Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks again for being here. Good luck in your games. Have fun. Be nice to someone. And I'll talk to you next week.